For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prank 911 calls send police in tactical gear to two neighborhoods in Wake County. Why investigators believe the cases are connected. Only on WRAL. New video showing the moment a passenger is zip-tied on board a flight that diverted to RDU. Hear her explanation of what caused her mid-air meltdown. A stretch of the Beltline is finally getting some much-needed repaving. I speak with one driver who tells me his brand-new truck was damaged because of the lack of maintenance. And how the new pavement could could help make that stretch of road safer. Who could see hit or miss showers from this system and when? Well, we're tracking two weather headlines right now, both heat and rain. First, let's talk about the temperature. It hit 85 degrees in Raleigh. That's the hottest day on record here for February. Thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm Dan Haggerty. Also, as we take a live look at the radar, where showers are starting to move out of our viewing area, meteorologist Kat Campbell in the WRL Severe Weather Center with the details on that. Kat? And those showers are dissipating. We still have a few left to talk about, though. We've got one small shower for RDU, headed right for RDU right now, one in South Raleigh, and some lingering showers around Rocky Mount. But a lot less than what we saw earlier, and we are not seeing all the reds and the oranges like we saw earlier when we had some heavy rain falling. So throughout the next hour, we expect these showers to dissipate, and the radar should really quiet down heading into tonight. Temperatures in the upper 60s, a big drop from 85 degrees that we saw earlier. Earlier this afternoon, the rain did help to cool some of us down. We're in the 60s in the Triangle and Roxboro. Still at 70, though, in Rocky Mount, 73 in Goldsboro, 78 still in Clinton, and 76 degrees in Southern Pines and Fayetteville. 85 are high today. It's the warmest February day in Raleigh ever, dating back to the late 1800s. It also breaks the daily high record by six degrees, just remarkable. And it's our seventh record that we have set in February this month. And we're running the warmest winter on record as well. A lot of records that were broken today that we've been keeping track of in the WRL Severe Weather Center. I'll have a closer look at the big changes on the way for the weekend and one you'll want to be prepared for coming up. Well, wow, it's a lot to think about. All right, Kat, thank you. Hello, I'm Mark Boyle in the WREL Live Center. Following some breaking news, some students were impacted by pepper spray on a bus out at Dillard Drive Middle School. Here's a statement that was just sent out all new right now at 7 o'clock from the principal there. A student brought pepper spray onto the bus and sprayed it inside the bus. Several students were adversely affected by the spray, but there were no injuries that required transportation to a hospital. Now, we have confirmed from the school that uh, disciplinary action could be taken, even legal action against that student if it is determined that that's necessary, according to the principal's letter. This investigation is continuing here this evening. Back to you. Thank you, Mark. A stretch of the Beltline in Raleigh will soon be repaved. It is much needed for both the east and the westbound lanes between Wake Forest Road Road and Lake Boone Trail. That portion of the road sees about 140,000 cars a day. Yeah, it's busy, right? And some drivers refuse to even use it because they say it's damaged their cars. WRL's Brett Nice is live tonight off of I-440. Brett, the DOT says this new pavement could help keep drivers safer. 
It will, Deborah. And after damage from some loose pavement, you can understand why some drivers will avoid the Beltline altogether. But a smoother ride is on the way, and it's happening sooner than originally planned. Dan Cahill is getting in his truck to drive across town but he won't be using a stretch of I-440 to get there. But I've been in the city for 50 years and now I'm trying to figure out new ways to get there because I'm, I'm just not going to go on the Beltline again. That's because Cahill doesn't want this to happen again. A crack in the windshield of his new truck. I'm, I'm not the only one. I mean, my, my son, my mother, my wife, everybody else, you know, has gotten chips too. DOT says crews will repave this stretch between Wake Forest Road and Lake Boone Trail starting in April, about two years ahead of when work was supposed to begin. It's definitely one of the, the more highly traveled areas in the Beltline. With about 140,000 cars using this stretch of road each day, DOT officials say the top layer of pavement deteriorated faster than expected. More than 10 years ago, they paved this stretch with a type of pavement that helps increase traction and reduce hydroplaning. This time they plan to use a different type of pavement that has those same benefits. Lasts a little bit longer and will be a, a better application in a place where there's uh, a high traffic volume like this. In the same project, crews will also address the recurrent flooding on I-440 near Glenwood Avenue. One inlet currently drains flood water from the road, but it can easily get clogged during flash flooding events like this one. But until that work is done, drivers like Cahill will do whatever they can to avoid this part of the Beltline. I'll go back on it when they finish paving it, you know. And once crews get started, it'll take about a year or so for them to finish that entire stretch. So by fall of 2024, Cahill and those other drivers will be back on the Beltline. Deborah. A lot of people will be excited about this. Brett Neese, live in Raleigh. Thank you, Brett. New video to show you now. The moments an unruly passenger was zip-tied on board a flight that diverted to RDU. This is what they're doing to me. I'm holding my own phone. I need y'all to see that this is what they're doing to me. Tiffany Miles taking that cell phone video as she was being restrained inside the plane. She talked only to WRAL telling us the mid-air meltdown, according to her, was just a misunderstanding. She was arrested at RDU for being disruptive on that flight from Jacksonville, Florida to Washington, D.C. Miles described it this way. She said she tried to order a cocktail to calm her anxiety, but was told there was no drink service. She says she exchanged some words with a flight attendant, then got up to use the restroom. But radio traffic indicates the flight crew believes she was trying to breach the cockpit. I mean, I started freaking out because so many people started getting up on me. I started freaking completely out. Because I'm like, oh, this is not called for. It's just ridiculous. And then she kept just smirking and laughing. And I'm like, you know, this is, you do get a kick out of this? Like, what are you doing? I'm allowed to get upset. Getting angry is not against the law. The FBI did interview Miles, but no federal charges have been filed to this point. However, she does face a misdemeanor charge of airport obstruction. Miles is out of jail on bond, but due back in court next month. Meantime, the FAA is calling for increased airline security after the latest case of a disruptive passenger. After the 9-11 terror attacks, airlines introduced a long list of security measures that included reinforced cockpit doors. At the time, secondary barriers were also proposed, but never caught on. Now, the FAA is reintroducing the concept of a second barrier between pilots and passengers. The latest proposal would include the measure on all new planes. The nation watched as Alex Murdoch, the South Carolina lawyer accused of killing his wife and youngest son, took the stand today in a surprise move by the defense. Mr. Griffin, I didn't shoot my wife or my son anytime, ever. 
Though during testimony, Murdoch denied the murders. He admitted to lying about being at the family dog kennels the night of the 2021 killings. Murdoch says he discovered their bodies after visiting his mother's home. He says he, as he checked the body for pulses, he got blood on his fingertips. Murdoch attributed his lies to a drug addiction, which he said caused him to have paranoid thoughts. Murdoch broke down multiple times and apologized to his family and others he had lied to. Listen now to this alarming 911 dispatch from Holly Springs. Three zero nine Flat Rock Lane. I was advising he had shot his wife and child at the time. Now, as you can imagine, you get a call like that. Officers responded fast and with guns drawn, but in the end, it was just a hoax. It actually happened twice in the last week. As WRL's Joe Fisher reports, police are trying now to identify the person who made those calls. These prank calls led to a whole lot of panic in two neighborhoods. Police say swatting is when someone makes a false call that requires a fast, large scale response from law enforcement. And police believe the two incidents in Holly Springs are connected. We were startled. Holly Springs patrol cars lined the street with officers in tactical gear staging nearby. The shields in front of them and the, the long rifles and the, you know the helmets and all. Yeah, all of that. The 911 call came in Sunday night. Three zero nine Flat Rock Lane. I was advising he had shot his wife and child at the time. A shooting reported at this home had police in position. But when we're talking about someone who's possibly armed, you know, we have to be ready for that contingency. Police Chief Paul LaCorey says it was all a hoax. And two days prior, a very similar call happened on Mabe Drive, three miles across town. These can be very dangerous situations. Swatting calls have been tied to video gamers, sending police to an opponent's home, and criminals hacking ring doorbell cameras to make false calls. I think it's very important that you take any call out that seriously and you act on it. Chief LaCorey says that's exactly what they did. Now invest Investigators are analyzing phone records to find out who made the calls and why. I think there's enough similarities that we know that they're connected. Swatting, he says, is a waste of time and resources, slows down response times, and puts officers on the highest alert. There is obviously room for error, and that's why these are so dangerous. The chief says the caller, no matter how young, will be held accountable in court. I think he has shot his wife and child at this time. While again, this may seem fun or this is a prank or for whatever their motivation is, that this really has some real life consequences. And I did check in with police all across Wake County. Swatting does not appear to be a widespread issue. Police say these fake calls do happen time to time, but very rarely result in a large scale response. I'm Joe Fisher, WREL News, Holly Spring. And Holly Springs police working right now to figure out if the calls were made locally or if they came from outside of the area. State Republicans are trying once again to ban what some call critical race theory in public schools. A bill was filed today and it would prohibit teaching on systemic racism. It is similar to a bill Republicans have passed before, only to have the governor veto it. This time, Republicans may have a better chance at an override. The president of the North Carolina Association of Educators says the bill would limit an honest conversation of our history. WREL has reached out to the sponsors of the bill for a comment. We are waiting to hear from them. Still ahead, it might feel nice outside right now. Almost felt like summer today, but this record warmth that we're dealing with, not necessarily a good thing. We're going to explain the major impacts this early heat can have on crops and pests. All of it coming up.
plus plant-based milk alternatives have grown a lot in popularity. Now federal regulators are chiming in on how they should be labeled. The changes you can see at the grocery store coming up. Well, at the grocery store, you've probably noticed more and more options made from plants, right? Including mm -hmm. alternatives to dairy milk. Well, the FDA, they've proposed that soy, oat, almond, and other drinks that bill themselves as a milk alternative can keep using the name. WRL's Destiny Patterson explains what this proposal from the FDA means and how it could affect you at the grocery store. We've all heard the slogan, got milk? Well, it's not that simple anymore. More and more plant-based alternatives have popped up on store shelves. Now I'm looking toward, forward to plant-based alternatives. And Octavia Rainey isn't alone. According to Nielsen IQ, plant-based milk alternatives make up more than 15% of all dollar sales for retail milk. Dollar sales reached more than $2.4 billion by mid-2021. I think there's some more and more great alternatives coming on the market. The FDA commissioner says the draft recommendations should give consumers the information they need. The Food and Drug Administration released a draft proposal that would allow plant-based products to continue using the term milk. But it would recommend that the label explain how the product compares to dairy milk. For example, the label could say contains lower amounts of vitamin D and calcium than milk. But North Carolina Agriculture Commissioner Steve Troxler said in a statement that reads in part, quote, I am disappointed they didn't codify their own definition of what constitutes milk. All they did was kick the can down the road on this issue. I think it's fine as is. I mean, I, yeah, I use plant-based alternative milks and think of them as milk. It should be labeled differently now. I, I really do think that because it doesn't come from a cow. The FDA is taking comments on the guidance before it becomes final and says it's in the process of addressing labeling and naming for other plant-based products as well. Destiny Patterson, WREL News, Raleigh. North Carolina passed the 2018 Farm Act, which would prohibit the word milk on non-dairy products only if 11 other states enact a similar law. To date, that hasn't happened. A man suing a repair shop that Five on Your Side has been investigating is getting his car back. WREL has reported on Pop Boys Motors being accused of exploiting customers. Angel Caballero sued the shop, claiming Pop Boys overcharged him and then tried to sell his car when he didn't pay. Well, this week, a Wake County judge ruled Caballero can get his car back after paying a $1,000 bond while the case plays out in court. This warm weather might have you thinking about maybe the trip that you could take to the coast, maybe a vacation. The next time you visit Carolina Beach, there are a few new parking fees you should know about. Starting next Wednesday, parking lots and street parking will cost $5 per hour or $25 per day. This is from the hours of 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. These fees will continue through the end of October. The fees will go down to $2 per hour and $10 per day through the end of the year. As we take a live look at Goldsboro, a little windy out there right now. Many of us are loving getting outside to enjoy this warm weather, but it's not being celebrated by everybody. The rare February heat can bring out pesky bugs and cause an early start to the spring growing season. That puts crops in danger of another freeze before winter is over. WRL's Matt Tallhelm shows us what this early heat means for produce, plants, and pests. Mama, rock me. 
It's music to Lisa Lee's ears. Help me find some. When her stand at the State Farmer's Market. And I got some more up here, too. Brings a bounty from LNG Farms in Johnston County. We have spring onions now. Um some greenhouse tomatoes. But this taste of spring isn't enough to fool a farmer into thinking we're free from the risk of another winter freeze. Right now we're trying to plant, you know, cabbage and um, beets and garden peas and stuff like that. So if they start blooming a lot, it could kill it and you have to start over. The warm weather has plenty of home gardeners looking to start planting. The cold hardy things that you can plant would be pansies and uh, Hellebores, also known as Lenten roses. Signs at Logan's Garden Shop in Raleigh alert shoppers to the budding blooms that can't survive a night in the cold. Owner Joshua Logan says gardeners need to keep an eye on the forecast and avoid planting too much too early. Then you're going to want to have it mobile, have it in a pot or a container that you can pull inside or have it in a place where you could cover it with a light, breathable sheet to protect it from those frosty nights. Another spring awakening is happening in the heat. What does that mean for? all those bugs and insects and pests out there. Oh man, that means it is time to wake up. Amanda Wilkins is the NC State Extension horticulture agent in Lee County. She says we should beware of an early emergence of butterflies. You start seeing them and they're beautiful and you see them like, oh, it's spring, but actually for a farmer, that means, okay, you know, that means that these caterpillars are gonna be eating my crops. Because of all this warm weather, Wilkins says we're already seeing an early emergence of the ambrosia beetle in eastern North Carolina. That is a pest to gardens, flowering trees, and pines. Matt Talhelm, WRAL News, Raleigh. You know, I'll tell you, I was actually a little uh, happy to see the rain falling, cooling us down. I'm not ready for 85 yet. <laughs> I still need a little cool weather in my life. It's a little early, so we did have a little bit of rain. Meteorologist Kat Campbell joining us now from the WRL Severe Weather Center. Kat. The rain really knocked down temperatures as it came through as well. Chapel Hill, we're starting to dry out. You can see the roads still glistening a little bit from earlier rain, but the rain has cleared out of Chapel Hill tonight. This is a live look from Top of the Hill restaurant there. We are still tracking a few showers around Wake County. One tiny shower in North Raleigh, one tiny shower passing uh, just out of Cary toward Crossroads at this hour. And we're going to continue to see a few spotty showers shifting east tonight, but rain chances really are going down over the next hour or two. We should be dry overnight. This is all ahead of this cold front that's going to be passing through tonight into early tomorrow morning. And with that cold front, we begin to cool down tomorrow, but the real chill arrives on Saturday. 53 degrees, our forecast high. That's likely to come at midnight, though, and then temperatures fall throughout the day, rebounding back into the 60s by the time we get to Sunday. But a lot of clouds in the forecast this weekend. Small rain chances on Sunday. Better rain chances come on Saturday. Just to paint a picture for you of what it's really going to look and feel like Saturday, most of the day temperatures are going to be in the 40s with an overcast and some on and off light rain expected throughout the day quite a difference compared to what we saw today. We'll be going straight from shorts and t-shirt weather all the way to coats and umbrellas by the weekend. Tomorrow morning, though, it's a mild in-between day. 71 hour forecast high. We could see a few spotty showers during the afternoon and evening again, but better rain chances come tomorrow night into Saturday. And you can see the rain filling in on Futurecast beginning on Saturday morning. I think that the rain is going to be on and off during the day on Saturday and mainly light throughout the day. 
We'll have a closer look at the latest rainfall totals when you tune in tonight at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 on WRAL. But be prepared for quite a difference to kick off the weekend. Tomorrow, headed out to the playground to soak in our last day of warmth before that chilly day on Saturday. Should be a nice day, 63 at 8 a.m. By lunchtime, 68 degrees, a small chance for rain during the afternoon. But temperatures are right around 70 degrees, so it's really a beautiful day tomorrow. We like these token 70-degree February days and it's pretty normal to see two to three days in February with high temperatures in the 70s. The 80s that we saw today definitely not normal and the 70s should be more comfortable out there tomorrow. Rain chances peaking at 60% on Saturday, a small chance of a lingering shower on Sunday and about a 30% chance of a shower on Monday. Temperatures rebounding right back into the 60s Sunday and Monday. By Tuesday of next week it looks beautiful. Plenty of sunshine, high temperatures climbing back toward the mid 70s. And remember our normal high this time of year 58 degrees. So even though 68 sounds pretty chilly compared to 85 today, it's still well above normal for this time of year. Yeah, it's all relative now, isn't right. it? Thanks, Kat. Still ahead, many of you are already thinking about the weekend. So we're helping you plan. We're going to run through a list of things to do across the triangle area coming up. <laughs> Oh, it's almost the weekend, and you can find plenty to do across the Triangle area. Here are some out and about picks for you and your family. How about the magic of river dance? I've always wanted to do that. I do it at home. I don't want anybody to ever yeah. see me try, but, you know, I've tried. <laughs> In the kitchen, my wife tells me to stop. This is at the D-Pack. The Broadway hit will take center stage for shows Friday through Sunday. At Moore Square in downtown Raleigh, check out a family fun event, Flannels and Frost. Celebrate cold weather with hot beverages, sweet treats, local vendors, arts and crafts, maybe some cold beverages too, just because yeah. it may be a little warmer than you think. You can check out a Big Ed's pancake eating contest. Yum. S'mores roasting, axe throwing at a snow machine. We can make our cold. The event is free from 12 to 4. No tank tops, all right? It's not going to be 85 <laughs> degrees then. Uh, if you're looking for an adult date idea, you can head to the Willard Rooftop Lounge for cocktails and cuisine class. That's Saturday from 2 until 3.30. You can learn how to make some tequila-based drinks and how to pair them with different foods. You can buy tickets online. That sounds fun. And check out a comedy show at Good Nights. You may have seen Brian Bates' dry bar comedy special, Uber Important. He's going to take the stage Friday and Saturday night at 8.30. Find tickets available online. So much to do. And, and even though the weather is starting to change a little bit, it's still going to be nice out Absolutely. there. Thanks for being with us tonight. See you again at 10 and 11. Good night, everybody. Keep watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.